inspiring and equipping you to live the life you're destined to live. This is the Ascend Men Podcast. Hi Ascend Men, it's great having you join us again. Today we have the pleasure of talking with Steve Campbell, who made his first appearance on the Ascend podcast back on the 31st of December 2022. So if you want a more complete introduction, head back to episode one of series three. You'll also find out whether fishing trumps a Liverpool FC match for Steve, as well as whether he's a Marmite man and what his school friends said about him. As if leading the team at the C3 Church isn't enough for Steve and his wife Angie, they are also the national directors of the Global Leadership Network, UK and Ireland. And it's in that capacity that we're talking today. Welcome back, Steve. Thank you, Alan. Good to be on. I can't believe it was December, almost a year since I was last on. Uh, good we could find a time to do this because you mentioned fishing. I am going fishing again later today. Wonderful. Well, uh, we'll not hold you back from that. Don't want to get between Steve Campbell and his fishing. <laughs> so I've already used the L word, which means that half the audience are probably starting to drift off. Right. Why? Because they don't think of themselves as qualifying as leaders. Yeah. So what would you say to that, Steve? Yeah, I think it's a regular uh issue that we have to address and come up with. I, I think our audience that we're speaking to is primarily Christians. So I would say to this, as a Christian, you don't have any option but to be an influencer. You are, you're not just like, you are the salt of the world. You are the light of the world, salt of the earth, light of the world. Mm. So straight away, that means you have influence. And I do like, it's overused, I know, but the old uh, leadership definition by John Maxwell was leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. So I think we all can influence somebody. And leadership applies to me leading me as well. So I just don't think anyone has that excuse to say I'm not a leader. Now, I do accept there are different graces that some people have different zones to lead in, different contexts to lead in, different gifts. But all of us have influence so we can lead in our family. We can lead in the workplace. Even if you're not the boss, you can be a leader wherever you are in the organization. Um, and we can set culture and context. So leadership has, has a lot to do with uh, creating culture. And I think we can all do that. So there you go, man. Every one of you who's listening to this, this is going to be relevant. Absolutely. Yeah, so let's start off by zooming in on your personal leadership, Steve, because we're all interested in, in that. Um, Craig Grishel talks about how leaders should value, inspire, and empower their people. Which of those three do you find most difficult? Oh, value, inspire. What was the other one? Value, inspire. Empower. Empower. What do I find the most difficult? Value, inspire. Hmm. I think it's probably the the empowering part because uh, I know in theory that leaders are not there for themselves. They're there to equip and empower others. Mm. But sometimes I can take on too much myself and don't let it go early enough. Another Craig Rochelle, you mentioned him, you know, he says you can either have um, control 
uh, what's the phrase he uses? I can't remember it exactly, but it's about control or fruitfulness. That's my words. Mm. You can't have both. You have to give it away. Um, that's not his exact phrase, but it's, it's that kind of sentiment. And I, I have a tendency to over-control. Therefore, the empowering bit would be, I, I definitely, I guess you, you didn't ask me this, I'm a very people-centered leader, so I love people. I, I've i been around a long time, so I, I, I ask myself sometimes, why do I still go for it? With people, because I find people fascinating. Mm. Uh, I, 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 I just enjoy meeting new people, discovering stuff about them I didn't know. So the valuing of people, listening to people, I find the easiest. Mm. But then letting go and letting other people do—that's what Craig Rochelle says. You can have growth or control, but you can't have both. Yeah. So in all those those relationships and that the, enjoying all of that. I'm sure there are some difficult conversations to be had. And in your kind of leadership in, in all sorts of different capacities, what's the most difficult conversation you've had? You know what the most difficult conversations tend to be around is when someone thinks they can do something, <laughs> but they can't. Mm. So you feel like it's so deeply personal to them so I'll give, I'll give you an example. Someone may think I should be on the worship team, but they really haven't got, they, they may be, I'll, I'll choose keyboards, Alan, because you play the keyboards wonderfully well. <laughs> I'm being humbled now, Steve. <laughs> no, that's not, it's because you can play. Take me, I did up to grade five on the piano. I can play in my in the privacy of my own home if I had a keyboard. Um, you don't want me playing on a Sunday. If I was the only person that was in the church, you'd want me. Mm. <laughs> because we have to do, you know, greatest needs, greatest benefits. So I could play the keyboard and do my very best. But my very best is probably not as good. No, my very best is definitely not as good as Alan. So if Alan comes along, and as long as coupled with attitude as well as ability – he can play better than me and has a great attitude in it. And I, I I add that in because sometimes it can be a character issue, not a competency issue. So as long as we can marry both of those, I should step out of the way and let you let you play. And that's the hardest conversation to have to someone is you, you should be serving somewhere else because you will be a 10 at something, but it's not playing the keyboard. Uh, and and I've, I've found that to be one of the most difficult people take it very personally. Oh, this is my gift. People use the God card on me. God's called me to this. Well, I can't argue with God then, can I? And then I'm, then I'm stumped. <laughs> so having those kinds of conversations can be quite quite challenging. And, and leadership is often a very lonely place. Have you ever felt isolated? And, and what would you say to somebody who is struggling in a team of one? Oh, wow. Yes, I have felt isolated. And to someone who is in a team of one, well, you're not a team. <laughs> um, you've got to find quickly somebody, either internally or externally, that you can talk honestly to. And that may include Venti. And I'll give you an example. I was speaking at a church in Bradford the last weekend, Rock Church. And on the way back, I was listening to a podcast from a certain guy who was a pastor, stepped out of ministry. And I listened to this podcast and it drove me mad. Hmm. I, I was frustrated. 
I thought, why is he doing this? He's throwing some leaders under the bus and the way he was coming. He, and I, I just, I was, so who am I going to speak to? My wife wasn't with me. I'd often speak to my wife. So I immediately rang a friend, Paul Reed. Some of you know him. And I just said, Paul, I just need to speak to you about this. Do you know this guy? And he didn't know the guy. And we spoke for a while. I mean, one of the things he just said, Steve, is what he's saying, it's nothing new. It just comes around all the time. Um, don't let it get to you. You know, he talked about it. He said he'd pray for me. And it wasn't a long conversation. Mm. Uh, in fact, it was quite funny because he uh, he rang off, but he didn't ring off. So I could still hear him in the car talking to his <laughs> wife. Ooh, awkward. And he said, oh, Steve just wanted to talk about and, and he told her exactly what I just said. Then I thought I shouldn't be listening to this. Switch it off quick. <laughs> so Paul, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a little confession from Steve. Exactly, um, yeah. But, but you're talking about brotherhood there, which uh, is is obviously at the heart yeah, of a end. Absolutely. And we all need it. Uh, no, you know, the old saying is no man is an island. And it's absolutely true. We are part of something bigger and we need to connect. A, a guy I heard preach many years ago say, anything that doesn't integrate isn't healthy. Mm. So anything that's isolated, I remember him talking about animals that got sick, you know, in a pack of wolves, for example, one that was sick would go off on its own because mm. it wasn't healthy. Mm -hmm. So so we need to integrate and yeah. we need those connections. Yeah. So so let's expand the field of view a little bit to look at church leadership. <clears throat> you were just talking then about somebody who was throwing some leaders under the bus. So let's talk uh, ab about those kinds of areas. So um, many of our leaders at C3 are homegrown. You know, they've grown up and have emerged from the congregation. And this is probably very mm. common in a lot of churches. And, and it's great because it helps to reinforce the culture, but there's a risk that it thwarts diversity. And, and I'm just curious as to how important you think it is to introduce new blood. Um, I, I'm not sure I totally agree with what you said. And it's, it's not that common for leaders to be raised up in churches, from my perspective. I, I go around quite a few and a lot of churches are struggling to find leaders internally, mm. especially when it comes to more senior posts. In fact, there is a dearth right now of people that are applying for senior posts of leadership. They don't want to take it on. So I'm not sure 100% that that's true. Mm. I think a lot of churches struggle to raise leaders. Mm. Um, but I do agree with you in this, on this context, that sometimes... If you want to change the culture, it's good to bring someone from outside in. Um, but I think you need to do that very definitely. So a few times I've wanted to change the culture and brought outside leaders in. I think you can do it by having um, consultants or uh, doesn't have to be someone always that's there in the situation. They can come in and help. I've had it a couple of times where I didn't want to change the culture but we brought external leaders in and it was an absolute disaster, darling. Mm. Uh, you had a mix of cultures and this wasn't going to work because we didn't want to change the culture. Now, people then can challenge that and say, well, the culture needed changing. Well, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. If it didn't, then that person has to fit with our culture. However, in relation to the diversity thing, I think a good leader has to be cognizant of that and therefore make sure that they do bring in other voices that can help with that diversity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is why, you know, we always talk about leaders are learners. Mm -hmm. uh, I think one of the biggest challenges, leaders stop learning and therefore don't expose themselves to other thinking. 
Um, well, you can only do that if you keep broad and if you keep willing to listen. Mm. Um, I think the biggest challenge of leadership is probably staying humble mm -hmm. because humble leaders listen and learn. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you talked about somebody throwing some leaders under the bus and, and my heart for this next question is not to throw people under the bus but I, want, I do want to get to a point so there's a, a recent investigation into Mike Pilavacci and some of what happened there and the, the outcome of that was that he had used his spiritual authority to control people you know we've had uh, senior figures in the Methodist church being suspended over allegations into their conduct we've had child sex abuse inquiries in the Church of England and a Catholic church scandal at Hillsong it feels like the enemy isn't just prowling around like a roaring lion. It sounds like he's having a six-course dinner. And and to pick up on that scripture from 1 Peter 5, is it just that we're not being alert and of sober mind, or is there a bigger issue in church leadership? Um, you're right. It's been in every quarter, UCCF, Hillsong. It, it doesn't matter, Catholic, Anglican. It doesn't matter what stream or denomination you choose, That there has been scandals. Um, I think... Two things I would say. The, the first one would be this. Let's not forget the thousands upon thousands of good leaders that we never hear anything of because it's good leadership. We, we're only hearing of the scandals. And secondly, related to that, they're often often high profile. So we hear the My Pillavachi thing because it's been very high profile. But there's a guy, I, I, this is theoretical, there's a guy down the street leading a church who's been around as long as Mike Pilavachi has and has led a church faithfully, consistently. No one knows about him except God and the devil. And he's doing really well, and the people he's leading, and he's doing really well. So I, I just think we need to be slightly careful and say, well, it's all gone wrong, because it hasn't all gone wrong. Um, but... What 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 is the consequence? I think we're living in a different world than we used to, and we we don't tolerate some things that we used to tolerate that we shouldn't have tolerated. Mm. Um, absolutely for sure, there is no doubt things have been covered up and hidden. Um, I think one of the things that is going on, you know, with some of these cases, is it's not just what the person has done. It's that the awareness that others have had of what the person has done and it's not been reported. Uh, and I think that's what we've got to learn in that the transparency has to be on another level. Um, people talk about accountability and we've always talked about accountability. That That's not new. Uh, I think it's more to do with when these things come up, what do we do with them? And I think they're good lessons to learn. Hmm. They shouldn't have been pushed under the carpet. Yep. They should have been brought out into the open. Yep. Um, and maybe they wouldn't have escalated to the same level as they, they had if they'd have been nipped in the bud earlier on. Sure, yeah. So so we, we started the conversation about how we all lead. And you, you set the challenge there, which is everyone who's listening to this is a leader in some capacity. We talked about Steve, the leader. We've talked about church leadership. Let's come back almost right back to the beginning and talk about personal leadership and what we can do to be better. So, so the Global Leadership Summit is coming to Cambridge on Thursday, the 12th of October. Yeah. Why should every one of our listeners be there? Um, first reason is because we can all get better as leaders. Uh, we can, this goes back to what I said before. Uh, the number one value that we have at the Global Leadership Summit is humility, that we can learn from anyone. Some people say to me, we're Christians, 
why are you bringing in, particularly the global leaders, why are you bringing speakers from the secular world in or business world? And the reason for that is because we believe all truth is God's truth and that humility demands that we can learn from anyone mm-hmm. and we don't want to shut them off. Even if we disagree with them, it's good to know why do we disagree with them. And the speakers that we have at GLS are always leaders in their particular sphere or field, whether that be research, whether that be charity, whether that be church. So we can learn from anyone and we can all get better. So I want to know how how can I get better? The day I think I can't get better, maybe the day that I've, I should forfeit leading because I've, I've put some kind of pride lid on things. So I think we can all get better. And then the second thing, re- reason related to that is the kind of mantra we use. When a leader gets better, everyone wins. So if I get better, C3 will get better, my family will get better, then whatever sphere your influence is, if you get better, everyone around you will win. We're not even saying leadership is the most important gift. We're just saying that if the, the tide coming in raises the boat of leadership, then every other boat around it should rise as well, um, whatever they are. So everyone should get better. Great. Now, if some of our listeners genuinely can't be there because of a work commitment or they live the other side of the world, like Bill Merrick in Antarctica, how can they still get something out of GLS? Sure. The two things, again, I would say go to globalleadership.uk. That's the website. And on there, you'll see a, you can join for free, but you have to connect with the thing called GLS+. Plus. That gets into your email box every month, some leadership tools. One of the talks that will be from GLS will be released and other blogs and such like from leaders that can help you. So you're connecting with GLS and GLM, which is the network. We're really trying to work hard on the network side into the future because we want leaders to connect and help one another. So that's one way. The second way is for GLS, which is the main event that goes on with the GLN, is we do have a digital day um, that's coming up in April again. If you go to GLS, uh, globalleadership.uk, on there you'll see that there's the uh, digital day. You can access wherever you are across the globe, even in Antarctica, and be part of the community that connects there. There are this year, there's like 25 plus GLSs as well. So even if you can't do the one in Cambridge on October the 12th, there are at least 20 others. Some of them are closed, so you, you as in the private ones, so you can't go to them and then on their website. But there's at least 13, 15 on the website, you know, Sheffield, a couple in London, that might be days you could access if you can't do October the 12th. Fantastic. Now, many of the men I spend time with are struggling to balance their work, their family, church commitments, their diaries around. They they can't even find time for a coffee, let alone a whole day. Uh, They're they're so overloaded. They don't have capacity to bend the curve or get mo or anything else that that Craig or any of the other speakers might impart uh, through Global Leadership Summit. Um, So how would you argue and and guarantee that somebody would get something out of that day? It's going to cost them. So how do we know that they are definitely going to come away with something? I, I think it comes back to what I said about the quality of the speakers. Honestly, um, I was in a little bit of a church bubble for many years of going to church conferences. I can go to church conferences every week. I speak at them, um, you, you know, but they don't always address what are the real issues. 
Um, small groups are really important. So we, we must talk about small groups. You know, we must talk about prayer and worship. All of that absolutely vital. Mm. But life is broader than that. And so I would say coming to GLS, there will be something for every single person. And I don't believe that uh, it's not true. You can bend the curve. You can be good enough to move on. Everyone can. Everyone chooses what they do with their time. I know not everyone can get time off work, so I I appreciate that. Um, But we all have choices to make. And I think choosing to invest into ourselves that can help us be better. I think we neglect ourselves. We all know we should exercise, eat well. Well, it's the same in this, Mm. keeping learning and giving yourself eight hours to be able to be exposed to that in order to grow yourself and to help others is an investment we should all do. And I'll guarantee you might not like everything, but you'll, you'll find something there. The last speaker is a guy called Ryan Leak, if I can just say this quickly, he's talked about leaning into failure. That's a really important message because men particularly, I think, I know men better than women, are afraid to fail. If we don't fail, we won't grow. And sometimes in the failure comes a growth that you, I've been trying to paddleboard and I am absolutely, at 62 nearly years of age, I am absolutely awful. And I see these six-year-old kids jump on them and it's like they're surfing, you know, and I get on them. I can't stop my leg shaking. And I had a lesson. But I'll tell you what, I failed miserably. But I'll tell you what I learned to do. I learned how to get on a paddleboard properly in deep water when you fall off. So I've learned something and I've grown and that will help me because I couldn't do it. I was It was always pulling the board onto me and before, but the guy showed me how to do it. In my failure, I've learned something. That's a great talk. Everyone needs to learn how to fail. So just an example. Fantastic. So as we wrap up, I want to make a special offer to our listeners. If you're thinking of getting more involved in Ascend and you're interested in attending on the 12th of October, be one of the first three to get in touch with me, Alan Colley, and we'll fund your place. Now, there's more information in the show notes, but but be one of the first three to get in touch with me. So there we go. We're going to wrap up now. G- GLS, it's the quality of the speakers that's going to make that day important and the opportunity to, to network and connect with other people and kind of work through some of the stuff that will come up during that day. So being there in person is really helpful. But if you can't be there in person, get to globalleadership.uk. Sign up for GLS Plus, costs you nothing, get some value in your inbox every week and uh, sign up for the digital day in April next year. Any closing remarks, Steve? No, just to say what a fantastic offer, guys, for getting those tickets, especially as um, you will get the C3 family discounts, you know, if if you're not one of the first three. One of the challenges we've had with, with GLS for the days is this. We want to make sure... Anyone accessible. Some people say it's too expensive. I can't afford. I think the cheapest, well, cheapest for 25 and under is 25 pounds. Cheapest for two tickets, I think it's 46 pounds with the uh, C3 family discount. Some people say it's too expensive. I can't afford it. If you can't, please speak to us. We don't want that to be a barrier. We'll find a way. But the other problem we have is some business people say, can't be any good. It's too cheap. <laughs> and I remember, uh, you know, an executive from a bank who came one year, he said to me, I pay thousands of pounds a day 
for input that's not as good as this. Mm. So maybe we should charge thousands of pounds a day and we mightn't get as many people there, but we'd get and we, we're, we're only trying to make it wash its face in order to do what we do in equipping people. So we're trying to find that middle ground if it's it's accessible, but for others who can pay, it's it's not expensive, certainly for leaders. We would let's say to ask your company, will they sponsor you? Because mm. it's not it's not a very churchy event. It's a leadership event. You know, we won't we're not gonna you know in any way apologize for our faith. The pastors that speak, they're pastors, they love Jesus and they'll say that, but the principles apply in every arena. Steve, it's been great hearing from you today. Thank you for your leadership of the C3 Church and for putting into practice so much of what you've heard over the years at GLS. We genuinely appreciate you and we appreciate the Steve, whichever hat he's wearing because he wears so many of them, but you do it with excellence and we we really do appreciate you. So thank you for joining us today and imparting some of your wisdom thank you. to us. Thanks, Alan. Really appreciate it. Good to talk. That's it for this Ascend Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this content, please share it with a mate. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Together, we are stronger.